right, who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad to be in God's house? Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise. He's worthy of it. So glad you're with us today for church, and uh, I want to look into the camera and welcome everybody who's online. I know there are people um, all over the place locally and uh, around America who are watching. In fact, um, I was just talking to a family uh, not long ago who, who told me that their brother watches every single week from Charlotte, North Carolina. So Michael from Charlotte, North Carolina, welcome, and everybody else who's on the line with us today. Come on, let's welcome everybody. Glad you're with us. Glad you're part of our church family. So thankful that you're with us along for the ride, and uh, before I get into the message, I want to kind of show you where we're headed. Part of my responsibility as, as the pastor here at church is to lead you and feed you, and that is to kind of show you where we're headed and, and give you some direction about what's coming up. And you heard a little bit of it in the news, but I want to just re-emphasize it, and that is that next Sunday is the Christmas Eve. Uh, not, not just next Sunday, but Saturday and Sunday. We have five different services to choose from, two on Saturday, three on Sunday. And one of, the, one of the things we do for our Christmas Eve services is we have a priority seating process. And it, does not a, it doesn't guarantee your seat. It's not a ticket for your seat. What it helps us do is spread people out across the different services so that we don't all show up to the same service. And so you can go online. Actually, everything that we would register for here at church, any sort of conference or any sort of event, anything is found at cityhopefamily.com slash register. But you can go there, click on the Christmas Eve services, decide which service your family's coming to, select the number of seats you need. And if you go online and the service that you want to come to is booked and there's no more seats, don't be worried about that because we always have seats available in every service, but what, uh, we, we would never turn you away. So that's not going to happen. Come anyway. Come to that service anyway. But it just helps us spread people out, all right? And I believe that uh, it's going to be our best Christmas yes. Eve service yet. I really believe God's going to touch your heart. And one of the things, one of the ways that you can help invite people is through those invite cards that were in your seat. Now, I know that we've handed you out some of these a lot lately, and you're probably going, man, you're just hammering us every week, Pastor Ben. Come on, give us a break, right? I'm not trying to hammer you. I'm trying to give you some resources. I'm trying to give you resources because I know that God is working on your behalf. Let me tell you a quick story real quick. The young man who I've been inviting to church hasn't come yet. But I, uh, I, by the doing of the Holy Spirit, just met his brother and his mother who were in the last service. He, his brother's been coming for four weeks, brought his mom today, and I've been working on him. And I believe God's got something in store for this young man. Come on, somebody. That's why we do what we do. God's going to use it to touch people's lives. And so even if you've got those, uh, those invite cards or you want to grab a handful of God loves you cards on your way out, if you'll notice, there's a stand that has several uh, rows of God loves you cards. You just take as many of those as you want. Use those to be a blessing, to buy somebody's lunch. To, when you go to lunch today, don't leave your average tip. Leave a honking tip. Yeah. Do y'all know what a honking tip is? It's... it's it's a very generous gratuity, all right? That's what it is. That's, that's a Texas-sized tip that, you, that, you would, that they would go, man, I can't believe they tipped me. Like, what is this? Oh, an invite to Christmas at City Hope? Really? Yeah. And so, but don't leave them a bad tip and then leave them that card. That would be the worst thing you could do, all right? These, these people need to come to City Hope. That's what they need. No, don't do that, all right? 
So uh, invite some friends. It's going to be incredible. And then uh, the last Sunday of the month and the year is December 31st, and that's a Sabbath Sunday for us. We're just going to take that Sunday as a day of rest. We're going to encourage you to do the same. Our staff has been working so hard leading up to this Christmas season. Our teams have. And I believe that we need to rest a little bit as we come into 2024. And if you choose to come to church that day, it'll be you and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you will, you'll get to lead the, the service that day out on the patio, all right? And, uh, and then if our first service of 2024 is not a Sunday. It is a first Wednesday. So just remember that, all right? But our, our first Sunday service kicks off 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, if anybody's ready for that, I'm excited for that. How can people be excited about fasting? It's because um, we've done it before. 21 days of prayer and fasting, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. every morning right here in this building. And you'll be surprised at the number of people. You're going to think, man, there's no, nobody's going to be there. And you're going to walk in and it's going to look almost like this room right now. There's going to be people here going after God. We'll have to have traffic control after the service to get people out of here. I'm telling you, God's moving. And it happens through 21 days of prayer and fasting. Amen. So uh, I want to encourage you to be part of that as well. If you got it, say, I got it. All right, one more, one more note. I just noticed this link here at the bottom. As we prepare for prayer and fasting, you can't just go into it blindly. You're going to need to prepare a little bit. And so I want to ask you to be praying right now about what the Lord wants you to give up. But go to our website. There's some resources there. As you, be, as you think about what you're going to give up, what are you going to fast, you need to prepare for that. Okay? So go online. Ask the Lord what he wants you to do. And let's get ready for a, an amazing 2024. All right, everybody? All right. Well, hey, we're in week two of a series that we're calling Pursuing Peace. And kind of what we talked about last week is that we're, um, in this series, we've, we've kind of realized that we're not just waiting for peace to come to us. We're not just going to hope that peace falls down on us. If the Lord wants me to have peace, brother, I'm going to receive that peace. No, I'm going after the peace. I'm going to pursue that peace. In fact, Psalm says it this way, seek it, seek peace and pursue it. Pursue this peace. God will show up when we begin to do that. Now, last week we talked about, is it even possible? Can we even have peace? Is, is that something God even wants to give us? And the answer is yes. He wants to give you what kind of peace? Peace, peace. Shalom, shalom, right? Uh, next week is Christmas Eve services, and, and I'm actually going to be teaching about peace when we're disappointed in God. At, that, at Christmas Eve. So I'm going to go ahead and tease you right now. We're going to look at the story of Mary and Joseph and how they had some disappointments in God. Where are you, God? And they found peace right in the middle of their story. But today, we're going to, we're going to talk about this, and that is, um, help! These people are driving me crazy. Do you know anybody who's difficult? Show of hands. You know somebody who's difficult, right? Keep them up. Look around the room. If you don't have your hands up, you might be the difficult one, all right? Yeah. I don't know anybody that's difficult. It might be, might be you, all right? So, uh, it, I don't know. It just seems like Christmas always brings out the crazies. Anybody with me? You ever noticed that before? People get angry. They get hurt. They get mad. They, they, they're quick to judge. They're quick to call a foul. That's a technical. That's a foul, right? They, they're offended. You hurt me. You wronged me. How dare you? I'm going to cancel you. Right? It's just that kind of attitude. And here's what I've noticed. 
I've noticed that if you're always looking to be offended, you will always find what you're looking for. If you're looking to be offended, you'll have plenty of opportunity to do it. And so um, I, I want to encourage you with this. There's no win. There's no W-I-N. There's no way you win living offended. In fact, I've never, I've never had a person come to me and say, Pastor Ben, I want you to know that because I stay offended all the time, my health is so much better. <laughs> Nobody has ever said, I'll tell you one thing, because I find fault everywhere I go, man, I sleep so good at night. <laughs> no, nobody says that. It shouldn't be a surprise to us. Nobody says that. And so we've got to understand that hurting people hurt people, which means they're going to hurt you. Jesus said it. You're going to be offended. You're going to have trouble. Hurt people hurt people. And you're going to be that person at some time when, when you are offended, when you are hurt. And so what do we do when that offense comes? Well, look, being offended is inevitable. It's going to happen. There's going to be something that doesn't go your way. Something happens. Someone says something. That's inevitable. But living there, staying there is your choice. You can say amen or oh me there. That's a good, good place for it. It's, it's, it's our choice. That we, that we stay there. And so as followers of Christ, here's what I'm asking of us, is that we would choose wisely. That we're not going to live offended. It may happen to us, but we're not going to stay there. And so what do we do when someone offends us? What do we do when there's a difficult person? Here, here's what we do. In Romans chapter 12, in your notes or here on the screen, you can go with me there. Paul says to bless those who persecute you. This is the same thing Jesus said. So this is not something that Paul's making up. He got it from Jesus. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Rejoice with those who got the promotion. Mourn with those who didn't. Rejoice with those who got married. Mourn with those who are still waiting. Rejoice with those who had a child. Mourn with those who have not yet had a child. Re rejoice and mourn, he says. He goes on to say, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people who aren't like you. They're different than you. They look different. They act different. They're maybe even of low position. Don't be conceited. And then he wraps this little passage up that we're talking about today with, with this. Don't repay anyone for e evil for evil. They wronged you, that doesn't give you the right to wrong them back, right? But be careful to do what is wh what? Right. right. Do what's right in the eyes of everyone. And if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to study this passage of Scripture, Romans 12, 14 through 15. And we're going to just go through it kind of verse by verse. And we're going to learn three things today. Three ways that we can deal with difficult people. And we all have them in our lives. And so this is something we all can learn about, all right? And so here's the first thing. Going back to verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Everybody say bless. 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 That's the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to bless them. And I know what some of y'all are thinking. Y'all are like, yeah, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bless them out. 
I'm going I'm to bless him out, Pastor. I'm going to tell him like it is. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell him how, what I think, how I feel. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. But the truth is you don't have any peace left to give him. So you, you, you've, 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 you've wasted it all, right? So, no, no. Bless those who speak bad about you. Bless those who are angry with you. Bless those who are short with you. Bless those who disagree with you. And that word bless is the Hebrew word eulagio. Eulagio. The, uh, it's a cool word. It's a Greek word. And the EU means good. And the logo means word. So it means this, to speak well of. It's where we get our word eulogy. It's where we get our word eulogy. Have you ever been to a funeral where they didn't speak well of the guy in the casket? I mean, right. I've never been to a funeral where they, they get up there and they just say, let me tell you what a loser this guy was. He wasn't nothing but a lazy, lousy, dirty, rotten scoundrel ain't worth two cents. I've never, I've ne I haven't been to that funeral. Now, you might have said that afterwards, before. But the eulogy is all about, let's speak good of this guy. Let's remember him well. Let's speak well of him. Now, um, I don't know about you, but it's a whole lot easier for me to bless someone who's a blessing. It's a lot easier for me to be nice to somebody who's nice. It's easy for me to be generous to someone who is generous. But it is really difficult to be a blessing to someone who doesn't like me, who speaks bad about me, who, is, who is, belittles me or betrays. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? It's difficult to be nice, to, to treat somebody well who, who says wrong things about you, right? Who, who lies about you, who mistreats you, they betray you. It's, that's difficult. And if I'm honest with you, I'm not proud to share this with you, but if I'm honest with you, there's a dark part of me that loves it when people get what they have coming to them. I know, I know that's probably not holy, but I'm just, and I'm not saying it's right, okay? But you're driving down the road, and there's some bozo just zooming in and out of traffic, and he's going 100 miles an hour, and you're, you're beating the steering wheel like, get off my tail, and then five miles up the road, he's pulled over. Yeah. Yeah. You roll down the window, see you later, sucker, right? It just feels good. It's awesome. But I'm not saying it's right, though. But it just... So Paul, when he's teaching us here, he's not talking about this, just this one-time blessing. Like, yeah, I, I spoke good of him one time. What Paul is teaching us this is to be a continual blessing to those who are a continual problem, a continual burden. But I don't want to. Uh, he doesn't deserve it. Be a continual blessing to those who are a continual problem. Well, how do I do that, Pastor Ben? Because in my own ability, it's not possible. I don't want to bless him. I don't want to speak good of him. I don't want to treat him with kindness. I don't want to do that. How can I do that? And you're right. In your own ability, it is not possible. That's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit living and moving inside of you. Because you can't do it on your own. You need the power of God working in your life. 
You need the power of God moving in your heart. And so what we're going to learn is we're going to go back to Romans 12, verse 1. So we've been in 12, 14 through 18. We're going back a few verses to 12, 1, where we're going we're gonna to learn this. We're going to learn how to bless somebody. And I want you to see it. Paul says, I urge you. This is urgent, everybody. Come on, pay attention here. I urge you in view of God's mercy. Pastor Ben, how do you expect me to bless somebody in view of God's mercy? How merciful has God been to you? Bless somebody with that same blessing you've received. And mm, how generous has God been to you when you didn't earn it? How, how much has he forgiven you that you didn't deserve to be forgiven? In view of that kind of mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. He's calling you to live for him, not to die for him. Live for him, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And so in view of God's mercy, how has God treated you? How has he loved you? How much has he forgiven you? And Paul says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Because when you live that kind of life, it's worship to God. Let me show you something. That worship is not just the songs that we sing. It is loving people as we've been loved. That is just as much worship to God as this corporate atmosphere that we, that we felt this morning. Yeah. Lifting our hands, singing out to God. In fact, I don't think God really likes it when we're, when we're all involved in worship and we have this bitterness in our hearts towards somebody else. I don't think he likes that. So worship is just as much loving people as it is worshiping. So how do I do that? How do I live this living sacrifice. Well, Jesus said it this way. He said, no one can take my life from me. Jesus said, I sacrifice it voluntarily. I give my own life and I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it back up again. How do I bless other people? How do I love other people? You lay down your wants. You lay down your desires. You lay down your feelings. You, you lay down your natural responses. You lay down, you, you sacrifice them. You lay it down voluntarily, your selfish desires, so that Christ can love through you. Because we can't do it on our own. That's why Paul said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. The way I used to treat people, the way I used to respond, it's been nailed to the cross and it is no longer I who live. I can't do what you're asking me to do, Pastor Ben. No, but Christ who lives in me can. By, through Jesus Christ, I can do all things. Are you following me? So I live, in this, I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not me. I can't do it. I don't have the ability. It is Christ in me who loves through me, who works in me through the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. That's how. Can't do it on my own. I need God in my life to bless, to speak well of, all right? So here's the second thing in your notes is to live in harmony. To live in harmony. Now, harmony is not sameness. It's, it's not doing what everybody else is doing. And I've tried to think of how I could illustrate this to you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head over to the keyboard. And we're just going to kind of 
going to illustrate this today. So it would be pretty terrible if in our worship service it sounded kind of like this. That would be terrible. And you would, not, you would not be here. You would not come to church here. I would not come to church here. But, but then unison is when everything's the same, it's the same notes. So it's like, those are all the same notes, a C note. But then it, it becomes in harmony when it sounds like this. Those are notes working together. That's harmony. And that's what it means to, to live in harmony is I don't have to be like you. I don't have to act like you. I don't have to look like you. I don't have to do what you do. But we can work together in harmony. I can do things differently. I can sound a little bit differently. I can have a different background than you. And we work together in harmony to accomplish something great for the kingdom of God, living in harmony. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, so um, Paul said it. He said, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Everybody say, don't be proud. Don't be conceited. That's what I want you to, I want you to hear that today. As we live in harmony, don't be proud. Don't be conceited. Don't be proud. Don't be conceited. You tell them, Pastor. Come on, you need to tell them today. Don't be proud. Don't be, yeah, you need to let them know not to be proud or conceited. Yeah, I'm telling you not to be proud. I'm not telling your neighbor, I'm not telling the person that you think needs to not be prouder, I'm telling you don't be proud and don't be conceited. And I don't know if I've ever lived in a more proud and conceited society. I'm right. I'm right, Pastor Ben. I'm, I, I know that I'm right. I'm right. Doggone it, I'm right. Pastor Ben, you have no idea. I've watched four YouTube videos, three very biased podcasts, and I got an email from a friend of mine who sent him an email telling me that I'm right. You just don't know how right I am. And the problem is that God never called us to be right. He doesn't want you to just be right. He wants you to be effective. He wants you to be loving. He didn't say the world would, would know you're a disciple by the way that you act and, and your, love, or, or your, your, your rightness, your correctness. He said that they would, they would know you were a disciple by your love. Yeah. This was the verse of the day yesterday in the, in the Bible app, which is why I encourage you every day, get in the Bible. See what the Lord is saying to you. Your love for one another will prove to the world. They will look on you and they will say they must be a Christian. They must, how do you know they're a Christian? It's just something about them. It's the way he loved that person when they spoke unkind about him. It's the way that he reacted when normal people would have stormed off. They would have thrown things. They, he didn't do that. There was something different about this guy. Something different. I studied this week, all week long, about... Don't be proud. Don't be conceited. And you know what the Greek for this means? It's, it's powerful. It means don't be proud and don't be conceited. 
That's what it means. I mean, it's powerful. It actually means it, right? You may be right, but God didn't call you to be right. He wants you to be loving. He wants you to be loving. Here's how we love. Through humility, through gentleness. Paul says, always be humble. Be gentle. Patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love. I don't know, so many times it's like, I've ne- I've, they're wrong. Yeah, but what if you're wrong? Wouldn't you want to be, wouldn't you want to be approached with humility and gentleness and patience? Allowance for your faults? Here's, here's what I've decided, is that I want to treat people with the same kind of love that I so desperately need. That if I ever find myself in that position, they would be loving and kind and gentle in their response to me. I'm going to do what I would want done to me. So they're not going to know us by our correctness, our rightness. They're going to know us by our love. So if you're offended, like being offended is inevitable. But remember, living offended is what? Choice. Can I tell you something today? That your life is too short and your calling is too great to be offended by something down here. Something small. And I know some of you, you've been hurt and and I'm not trying to minimize the pain or the hurt. I'm not trying to act like it wasn't real or that it didn't exist. I I understand there is deep wounds. There is trauma out there. I get that. But so many of us are offended by things that we're carrying a bitterness over things that we have no control of. And it's literally ruining our lives. I think about about Jesus. What if he was easily offended? What if Jesus was easily offended? Matthew, you you were on your phone my entire sermon. (laughs) I don't know what you were looking at on Be Real, but listen... I've asked you over and over, I'm trying to write a book here, and I've asked you to record my messages over and over again. I said, blessed are the poor in spirit, and you didn't even write it down. I can't, I can't even with you, Matthew. It's just, I can't. Right? Just where? I'm just offended, right? Well, I mean, what if he, go, he goes to his mom? Mom, would you believe this? I healed 10 lepers today, and only one. Only one thanked me. And I, just, I just don't understand it. I think God's asking too much of me. It's just it's hard. It's like, I, just, I, just can't, I don't know what I'm going to do, Mom. Just, can you believe this? People are just so ungrateful. You know, I'm taking a break of, off of social media right now because I just, people are so mean. I just can't. Thomas, always doubting. I mean, come on, Thomas. You saw me. Open blind eyes. Today, I raised a dead man back to life, Thomas. A dead man. He was freaking dead, Thomas. And you didn't even celebrate it. You're always doubting. You never celebrate me. I just can't believe. We laugh because it's so ridiculous. Jesus, Jesus wouldn't do that. But here we are. He didn't like my post. I just don't know what I'm going to do, right? 
That's why, if I'm honest with you, it feels so good to not be on social media. I have no idea what you were having for lunch or where you were yesterday. I, just, I don't even, and you know what? I don't even care that I don't know anymore because I've been off it for a couple of years. And when I get back on, it's just like, this is overwhelming to me. And then I get offended over some, something somebody says, right? Because somebody who used to come to church here is now going to church somewhere else and they're bragging about how awesome it was and how terrible we were and I just can't do it. I just, it just... Which leads me to point number three. All right, point number three, which you're gonna say, I can't do this, Pastor Ben. Remember, being offended's inevitable. Living offended's a choice. You're... Your life's too short. Your calling is too great to be offended over the little things, over the small things. And that's why number three, get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Now, I don't really mean it like that. I don't mean to minimize it. I don't mean that, that uh, I'm, I'm not asking you to pretend that it didn't happen. I'm not asking you to act like that it didn't hurt because it did hurt. It was wrong. It was not okay. We acknowledge the things that happen, right? But we're not going to stay there. And some of you would even say, well, Pastor Ben, there's no chance that I will ever get over what happened to me. And if, if that's you, if, you, if you're saying that, I respectfully challenge you. And I say to you, okay, then you will live under the power of the enemy until you do. Because he will, he will put roots of bitterness and unforgiveness in you, and it will tear you to shreds. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. It's happened to me, an offended spirit. And so here's what I'm asking us to do, is to not just get over it like it was no big deal. No. Look, Proverbs 19:11. a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory, which this word in Hebrew is um, it, it means beauty. There, it makes them beautiful. It's attractive when what? When you overlook an offense. It's attractive when you let it go. It's attractive to people. They go, man, there's something different about that guy. What, how can he do that to just overlook this offense? And, and I just begin to think this week, what, what would it look like? Wouldn't it be amazing if we got better at letting go of offenses. Wouldn't it be better if because of God's mercy for us, we got better at overlooking offenses? And I'm not saying to pretend it didn't happen. I'm just saying to acknowledge a conscious decision to let it go. I'm not going to let it hold me captive. It's, it's basically this. It's real-time forgiveness. I forgive you. I forgive you. The Hebrew word here for overlook is the word avor, A-V-O-R, and it means to pass over or to get up above. So I'm not just saying, just get over, man. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying, no, no, no. Rise above it. Don't stay down here. If you want to soar with the eagles, stop plucking with the chickens. Get up above it. Rise above that. Get up above it. Overlook the offense. Overlook what somebody did to you. Why? Because life is too short and your calling is too great to be offended by something small. 
You get over it. I'm over it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to live there. My mission is too important to be consumed by the misery. My calling is too great to be consumed by the conflict. I'm not going to stay there. So sometimes, actually a lot of times when I'm preaching messages to you, the Lord gives me an opportunity to work on things. It usually starts with me. I don't always like it. I don't. Last year, a couple left our church. and I thought I did a lot of things right during the process. I thought I handled a lot of things well. I thought I went over the top and overboard on some things. To, I, I'm not saying I did everything perfect or that I, I didn't have any fault. I'm, I'm just saying I tried my best to love through it. Earlier this year, I got a text from the husband that started out with, if I ever see you again, it's going to be a bad day. Line after line about what a terrible person I am. You're a terrible leader. The reason you're so terrible is because you didn't have a real man in your life to raise you. Your wife began to talk about my family, my kids. And it hurt. I shared it with a few close friends that could just hold me accountable. I didn't respond. I don't have to respond to that. And I, as I was getting ready for this message, I felt the Holy Spirit just saying, hey, you should, you should, you should text them. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, thank you. I'm, I'm not interested. God, I'll, I'll, I'll avoid that. And as I was praying, this was Wednesday of this week, I'm praying, I just, like, here's how you know it's from the Lord. When the more you don't want to do it, the more you're supposed to do it. It's like, I don't want to do this. God, I'm not doing it. I'm like, I'm getting kind of obstinate with God here. <laughs> Too bad. But finally, I gave in. I just sent a very brief text to this couple. I'm just saying, I was thinking about you this morning. I'm so sorry that I didn't lead you well for any hurt and pain that I caused. And as I'm writing it, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't have to apologize. I was right. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to do that. But what I begin to realize is that as, as I was obeying the Lord in this, I begin to realize that this is not for them. It's for me. Because whatever there might be in my heart that is still hurt or wounded, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. Got a, I got a text back from the wife. It was very kind. Accepting my apology, but also apologizing on their behalf. I didn't expect anything. I didn't really want a response because I didn't want to open up a can, right? I just did what I was asked to do. I did what the Holy Spirit led me to do. And here's what I've come to learn. It's more more times than not it's not for them it's for me 
It's not for them. It's for me. God wants to do a work in my heart. He wants to free me from something. He wants to deliver me from an area of my life. And so when somebody's rude to you, I'm over it. When somebody lies about you, I'm over it. When they don't stand up for you, I'm getting above it. I'm not staying down here when they lie about you. I'm over it. When, when, when they say... Uh, when they falsely accuse you I'm over it I'm not going to stay down here I'm not going to I'm not going to be down here no no I'm going to get over the in, uh, the assaults the insults I'm going to get over the offenses my when your spouse makes fun of you for the way you walk or chew or unload the dishes come on somebody I'm just going to get over it I'm going to get over it I'm going to get over it some of y'all 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 play that game at home you're like you un, you you load the dishwasher wrong on purpose so that your spouse will come and do it behind you. Fine, I'll just get out of the way. I'll just let you do it. Why do we get over it? Why do we get above it? Because our calling is too great, everybody. Our life is too short to be offended by something small. How do we do it? As far as it it depends on you, live at peace. This is not up to them. It's not up to the person who hurt you. It's not up to anybody else. It is on you to pursue peace. You pursue it. You go after it. You live at peace. What is he saying? Pursue peace. What does he want you to do? Pursue peace. Go after it. You can't control their decisions. You can't control what they say. You can't control how they respond. But you can do what the Lord leads you to do to walk in obedience, to walk in truth as far as it goes with you. Live at peace with everybody. Why? Because your life is too short and your calling is too great to be offended by something small. Amen, everybody. Come on, let's thank God today. We'd love for you to bow your heads right now. Stay with us until the very end worship team's going to lead us in a song in just a moment just hang around for a moment if you're here today and and you need to let go of something you need to get over something and i'm not asking you to minimize it i'm just asking you to i'm asking you to rise above it there's something that's hurtful that's been hurtful to you Maybe it's an area, maybe it's somebody you need to bless, you need to speak well of. You've been going around and you've been, you've been talking about them and you, you've, been, you've been speaking ill of them. It's time for you to... But here's the thing, you, you can't pick up all those feathers that you've dropped now. It's, it's too late. But you go back and make things right. You need to bless them. You need to speak well of them. Maybe you need to live in harmony with somebody. You've been out of, out of step, out of tune, out of touch. And you've, you've been... been living hurt and wounded and you need to let go you you need to forgive somebody if that's you would you just slip up your hand today just slip up your hand I see you hands up everywhere God bless you keep them up while I pray for you father I pray for every hand that's up right now God I know that there is real hurt there is real pain there is real struggle there is real strife but God victory is yours Victory belongs to the Lord. God, I pray for every hand that's up, every person who's been wounded, every person who's been traumatized, has been been lied about, cheated. Whatever it is, whatever their wound is, God, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, the healing balm of Gilead to just reach down and bring peace and comfort and joy. Lord, that you would bring perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. 
into their hearts today. That you would bring the power of God to, to heal the brokenness and to heal the wounds and to heal, heal every part of their life that is hurt. God, I pray right now for the power of God to move in this place. Do what only you can do. Change lives. Change hearts. Set captives free, Lord. Give them the power to bless. Give them the power to live in harmony. Give them the power to get over, to get up above it. And I thank you for that today, Lord. I thank you for grace in this journey. And with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, if you're here today and maybe, maybe you're far from God and maybe you're the one who needs to be forgiven. You've been calling the shots. You've been doing life your way. You've been living how you want to live. You've, you've been... Maybe even an open rebellion. I'm just going to do, do it my way. I'm going to live how I want to live. And you realize today that you're far from God. You're distant. You're broken. Can I tell you today that God wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to make you new. But it begins with a decision from you. You have to make a decision to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. To ask Him to lead you, to guide you, to walk with you. To be your Lord. If you're here today and you're ready to do that, you're ready to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. To start a new relationship with Him today. On the count of three, I want you to boldly lift up your hand as high as you can. And let me pray for you today. Let me lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Come on, if that's you, slip it up. I see you. I see you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Anybody else would say that's me today, Ben? Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 11, 12, 13. 14. I'm so proud of every one of you. 15. I see you. God bless you. So proud of every one of you making a decision to ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. I see you back there. All right, let's pray this prayer together. Everybody say, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. I repent for all my sin. I'm sorry for doing things my way. I need you. I'm asking you to be my Lord, my Savior, my best friend. I can't do this on my own. I need your grace. I need Jesus to change me, live inside of me. From this day forward, I will serve you and I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give Jesus.